Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to this episode of A Visit to the Mound. I'm Lark Smith, and he's Stan Huff. Joining us today is the longtime voice of the Round Rock Express, Mike Caps. He's broadcasted over 3,000 games in his career and has witnessed some of the best talent the game has to offer in this millennium. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Mark, we've been friends a long time, and I really appreciate you having me on, bud. Because the Round Rock Express has been affiliated with the Houston Astros and Texas Rangers over recent years, you've had a chance to witness World Series champions in the making. That has to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that 2019 team, we were loaded at the beginning with Jordan Alvarez and, and several of those guys, and uh, watching them grow up was so much fun. And then, gee, Purge, we've had – Several kids. Well, actually, we had 10 on this roster for the Texas Rangers that won the World Series. How about that? That's something else. Well, it is, Stan, and it's a blessing to get to do this. And and my wife told me for years that one of my ministries in life is is being at Clubhouse. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Stan, you'll relate to this so well, and Lark, you will too. Um, there's something about having worn a wet jock most of your life. <laughs> well, I could relate very well to that. It translates, it translates and, and kids, these kids pick up on this and they know I care about them. I walked into the clubhouse this, this right before our playoffs started. And here's this young Cuban guy, 27 years old at his locker crying. And in his broken English, I said, I said, JP, what's going on? He said, Abby, I get called to the big leagues for the first time. We sat there and did an interview with him crying and me crying. And later, one of our pitchers came up to me a couple of weeks later and says, we want you to come talk to these guys in the clubhouse. I go, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking back to my Hill days, and I'm thinking this is a setup, and this is going to end up on Facebook. And I'm going to end up with <laughs> Well, it did. It wasn't because uh, a week later, I, I sort of blew him off. A week later, I'm walking through the clubhouse, and and, uh, and our manager, Doug Davis, says, I need you over here at 445 to talk to the team. <laughs> so we had a great talk. I started with uh, a quotation from the English Book of Common Prayer. Uh, Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to be my rock and redeemer. And then I told them they had a chance to do something that no other round rock team has done, and that's won a national championship. We fell short. But it was such an honor to get to do that. And when we clinched the second championship out in Tacoma, 
Um, I was invited now into the locker room. I've been sprayed with fear. And, you know, we've, we've had a Texas League championship and the playoffs several times and then triple These guys got me in the shower and they said, okay, what are your last words? <laughs> what are your last words? <laughs> yes, yes. And I said, I'm going to tell you exactly like I told you in the clubhouse. Bring it. And the video. <laughs> Bring it. They brought it. I mean, I looked like a double-grounded rat. And I went back to change clothes. We were all going out for team dinner. And, and, and <laughs> the, the, the lady who was running the front desk at this real nice hotel, where were we going, Tacoma? She said, uh, do you like, do you need a shower? I said, lady, I need a shower. I need, I need to go through a car wash. <laughs> but, How about it? It was, it was a blast. And, and, and it's, gosh, Dan, I know as a former manager and player, you'll relate to this so well. It's so great to be a part of a celebration where everybody has busted their backsides for, for eight, nine, ten months. And it comes, it comes to the fruition that it comes to. It's just, it's so special. Well, you're right because during the course of that series, that that whole year, there's a lot of high anxiety. There's a lot of stress. There's some ups and downs, and and you got to wade through all that. And then at the end, when it's all over and you've won something, that's when you bring it. That's when you you're letting out everything right there, and I can I can relate to anybody that's been through that and and understand what's going on. Well, we had a we had a ten game losing streak before the. the this is the craziest thing. We had a ten game losing streak before the All Star break. Right. Two weeks after our break, we began and finished a fourteen game winning streak. So go figure. I mean, it shows you. What a whacked out league AAA is, whacked out level number one, because people are, it's, it's like a bus station. And <laughs> no, it is, you're right. Like a revolving we, door. Yeah. And we have over 200, 200 transactions, player transactions every year. So it's the, the <laughs> roster and the managers and coaches, I just uh, admire so much at this level because it's, uh, it's not like, uh, Bruce Bochy knows who his, his lineup is going to be for the next six days. Somebody goes down. It's just different. And it's, uh, I feel blessed to have stayed at the AAA level. I've been interviewed by four different teams for the major league jobs, but I really love this level. Um, number one, it's just, it's so human and there's so much humanity in it, so much heartbreak and so much joy when good things happen. I, I and I'm, I'm a, an adrenaline junkie anyway. And so it's, it's, Right up my ass. I I sure don't understand that. I said, um, let me let me t- do a little uh, turnaround here. Let me ask you during the game day. Now, when when I was when I was managing the the radio guy would come in and ask me, say, okay, I know who's starting, but who you got mid relief and who you got set up short, short relief and all that. What kind of uh, a conversation did you have with Doug Davis when when y'all were together? You know, it's funny. I pretty much know who he has, who's up. Dave Borkowski was our pitching coach this last year, and he pitched for us in 06 and 08. And so I, I can read their minds. <laughs> but but one, of, one, of the, one of the big questions we talk about when, when we get together is specific play, specific times during the game. 
that that in their eyes turned it around. The guy makes a, a good pitch on a, on a on a three two, and just nails the outside corner, and and that got him out of a big bind. Maybe they had runners at second, third, or bases loaded, or something like that. And it's and I just think it from you know I've been doing this almost thirty years now, and and the thing about it is it, just pick up so much day by day the way these this is not this is not like uh, a high school deal or, or three days of college baseball or anything. this is day to day and you just I just made up my mind when I jumped out of the news business to do this I'd rely on my playing background I played it in the, in the BABA in Dallas which was oh, yeah. a bunch of ex- you know I know you know all about that and I had a chance to be the leadoff hitter and center fielder and loved it loved it loved it but but I but I learned so much from that and it just translated at each level and I had I had four years in independent ball, uh, one year in AAA before I got the Round Rock Double A job and I've been here since it started, and you just reach a point where this stuff you can you can forecast it and you ask you, you, and you should ask questions every day and I do but it sort of becomes second nature when you know who he's going to in the bullpen in a certain situation in a certain game. There's they just it's it's that easy to read, but I don't. I, the bottom line stand. I don't take anything for granted because as you know, this game is so crazy. I know, and right? Maybe the maybe the guy they're gonna. Run out, I don't see him in the pen, and you can you can bet your bottom dollar he's not in the clubhouse either. He's on his way to Arlington. So, <laughs> right. It's a cast of characters and changes every day, but that's a great question. Yeah. Mike, first time I ever heard your name, you were a reporter at Channel 8 in Dallas. How did you get around to the play-by-play job and the, the job with Round Rock come about? It's really funny. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to try to keep it uh, between the lines. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I got to the, I got to the point at, at when the last five years I was at CNN and I covered wars and I covered cop news at Channel 2 in Houston before I went to Channel 8 in Dallas, I saw a lot of blood and guts and gore. Yeah, I bet you the yeah. human, The human being has no way to process that. Well, I ended up processing it, it, it drinking a half a bottle of wild turkey every night or sticking <laughs> something up. And, and, and you can't continue. No. Just, I, I woke up one night, in the middle of the night, uh, the last one of the last years I was at CNN, and I busted my head wide open with a bedpost. Mm. And and I had to get into therapy. I had to reorder myself. I had to get back, uh, regain uh, the, the uh, spirituality I was raised with. My dad was just a stickler for that. Uh, a Methodist and just just an astounding guy, and and I lost him when I was seventeen years old, and I, I all that had just all this stuff had built up, and I had I had had a very great conversation with Red Murph. Um, I needed him to we're together a documentary at Channel Eight, and 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 it was on Nolan coming to the Rangers. And he said, son, I know you from someplace. He said, meet me at this ballpark in Arlington. I'm looking at Todd Van Poppel, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I meet him, shake hands. He looks at me and he said, Fireman's Park, Brenham, Texas, May the 29th, 1969. 
238. It's a first base swing, right? And I go, whoa, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, you are the dumbest SOB I have ever <laughs> The, the, my third book, Mark, is going to be You Are the Dumbest Son of a Bitch I've Ever Met. <laughs> because, but, but, but he, and he told me, he said, why? He, he had taken me after the after the running sorties. He stuck me in the dugout there at Fireman's Park. Well, he's auditioning the eight best pitchers in Texas because the draft was coming up in a week or 10 days, right? Yeah. And I'm having to sit. I want to swing the bat. And finally, uh, I flipped off the <laughs> sub scout. Don't forget this. And it comes back, and Murph is on it, man. And he's just, he's, what you didn't know, we weren't, I've seen you uh, get two doubles off the second fastest pitcher I ever saw in Texas. And I wrote your name down. That's why you got invited to that tryout camp. You did, what you didn't know, we were going to try to sign you non drafted free agent and send you out. Yeah. <laughs> he said, and there's a second reason, too. And I go, wait a minute. There's two reasons why I'm the dumbest SOP in the world. <laughs> and he said, yeah, there were 12 Division One college coaches on there where you went. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I went there and, and uh, got got off the baseball track into the news track. But when I had that breakdown, um, I called Red up. And, and I'd done some part-time scouting for him. He called me up when I had a day off at CNN. And he said, can you run up and look at this first baseman at Oklahoma run down to San Antonio and see this guy? And I helped him run off several tryout camps, which which in my day was really huge because you could get seen that way. Not like the – if you're not getting seen nowadays, you're not trying. Right, because that's true, yeah. And it wasn't all that, and, and, and both of you know, it wasn't always that way, but it was such a fortunate thing. Uh, Red handed me a scout's card. I wrote a book with him called The Scout, Searching for the Best in Baseball. Uh, wrote a second book, and it was dedicated to him and to Chuck Hardenstein. And it, it, it just, it was, it was as if God said, here is an open door. Walk through it. You need to be there. You should be there. It's where you should have been a long time ago. And you know what? It's been nothing but a joy ride and a blessing from God above. And if you think I take it for granted, boys, I don't. <laughs> I understand. I got you. Yeah, the Rangers just won the World Series with players that you saw come through the system. Who are the players that might be called up to help the Rangers have back-to-back -back World Series championships? Well, I think I think that uh, I don't think there's any doubt. Somebody asked me the other day if Evan Carter would start with us this year. <laughs> I go, no. Um, I'm looking for a left-handed pitcher named Jake Latz, who had a, a brief trial as a reliever. Latz is six three, two hundred pounds. Throws at ninety seven, ninety eight from the left. He's got four pitches. They use him in relief as a closer. I think he's got a chance to be a starter in the big leagues, and I would be willing to bet you they're going to give him a good look as a starter. Um, Particularly if they lose Montgomery, huh? Well, and you know, I saw the other day, I thought I read where he is in his office for free agency. So, right. I, gosh, that screams of lads, okay? And there, you know, there's – any one of a number of kids who came through. I just think for anybody cut, and, and we had several guys on the 40-man roster uh, that were put on the 40-man roster. 
Um, I just think it's going to be hard for anybody to crack the opening day starting lineup that they that they're going to be able to run out there. Um, we had a guy come through on rehab named Travis Jankowski, who's in his early thirties, and he did a great job for them. And you know, he sat. Uh, Evan Carter uh, took his spot, and he sat. And then, um, you know, he had a couple. Of, uh, Travis had a couple of really good base hits that came up big uh, in the World Series, and so I, I hope they'll be able to hold on to him because he's a he is a tremendous. Uh, character, young man. Besides being one of the fastest players they have, next to Carter, uh, I hope they'll hold on to him. Well, they came, just, he came off that bench and got some big hits, and you know, cold. That's yeah. a tough job to do coming yeah. off the bench after sitting. Yeah, it is, and 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 that's one of those things. I turned to care at my watch and I said, "That's my boy, Trap." That's my boy, I, and I cheered for him. He used to kick our backsides when he played in El Paso. And when he came into rehab with us, we were playing in Albuquerque, and he was with us the whole week. I said, dude, I, when I saw you got signed in the offseason, I screamed out, yes! And my wife goes, what happened now? <laughs> I, Rangers assigned Travis Jankowski. She said, that guy that you claimed always kicked your butt. And I go, yep, that's him. And so that's – I just cheer for guys like that. And to get back to your question, um, I think you're going to see our Sam Huff, who was back and forth six times, I think you're going to see him stick as their backup catcher. Um, Sam has a lot of power. And he's really if, – if you if you made value judgment, Stan and Lark, as a manager, you would want him playing every day. But – with the catching you got now, he, he doesn't have a chance. And he's got, I mean, he's got light tower power. I mean, this guy is um, a monster. Um, it, I, I just, I just, I want him to succeed. He needs to be an everyday catcher in the big leagues. Before we go, you've written a book, yeah. or actually, you've written two books now. I got a, maybe a third one on the way, but tell us about Grinders and what, what it was that inspired you to write that book. Chuck Hartenstein was a reliever and a pitching coach in the big leagues for several years. He, he still holds a college world series record for, he's in the, still in the league in the, in the top 10 ERAs for the college world series. My cousin Billy signed him for uh, the Cubs right out of college. And he got, he got to the Cubs quickly and then bounced around. Well, he's always been a family heirloom to me and Chuck and Joyce we've, we've lost them both Chuck died at the end of the 21 season and then Joyce went six months later they, they Karen and I have had them over to eat we've been at their house to eat I miss them so much he had already passed when I got a contract with New Grinders but Chuck's story was so great I, I listed him as a co-author, and if I, I've got another Grinders book to do. It's called Grinders and Faith, and I don't know when I'm going to have time to publish that, but we'll get that. That's neither here nor there. Bottom line is, Chuck inspired me so much. Jeff Fry is a dear friend of mine. He inspired me so much. There's, there's stories um, in this book. Uh, a lot of people maybe know who Hank Bauer was. Oh, yeah. Uh, fourth or fifth outfielder for the Yankees for mm. 10, 15 years, sometimes a starter. 
most people knew him as that. They didn't know he had led uh, like six assaults on Japanese islands in World War II as a Marine drill sergeant and played his 12 or 14 years in the big leagues with shrapnel in his in his calves and in his back. Wow. I mean, uh, Bobby Jones, who managed us here oh, I know Bobby and then went on to coach for the Rangers, Bobby Jones, <laughs> he's a piece of work, and I loved it then. He's, uh, he's in it. He got sent to Vietnam, lost hearing in an ear, and still went back in and made it to the big leagues. And, and then became one whale of a manager. Um, there's a story of um, a fellow named Deacon Jones, who was the Astros hitting coach for several years. Mm-hmm. Deacon was signed by the Chicago White Sox, thought he was going to the big leagues, didn't quite make it, but was on a, on a trip between two places in Georgia. This is in the early 60s when they're having all the race riots and stuff. He goes in, they stop at a roadside uh, restaurant. He walks in with some of his white teammates and has a shotgun put to his head. Scares him to death, gets back on the bus. The next time he stops, he calls his mom. Mom says, oh, come home, home. Dad grabs the phone and says, listen, no matter a man's color, you are not going to let him intimidate you into stopping your dream you got that hung up the phone deacon said i became a man that day i mean this is the kind of story that we focused on and people just and jeff fries is crazy i mean he goes to a tryout camp uh and with a sliced hand and and he bleeds through the glove and a couple of the scouts say what are you doing and he goes well I, i got invited to this camp and i'm coming to this camp and they signed him just because he just because of that, and he ended up having a pretty doggone good big league career. So, so it's that's it's guys, it's a gift from above. There's no doubt about it. The fact that I'm even doing this now, the fact that I'm still alive, covering wars and cop news and getting shot at, it, it just it, it's it is a treasure to get to do it. It's a treasure to get to talk to you two guys. Stan, I followed you with the. The Fort Worth Cats, because Bobby Bragan was a good friend of mine, and Bobby showed up at our ballpark in 05 with a Fort Worth Cats hat, and I wore that Fort Worth Cats hat, and it really PO'd, it really PO'd the Astros folks that I was walking around with a Fort Worth Cats hat on. I care. It was a uh, it was a hat that Bobby gave that Bobby gave me, and and uh, Bobby was another mentor through the years. Well, and Bob, so, uh, he was in the locker room every day, like he was part of the team, and that we we treated him like he was part of the team. Well, he was Stan. He, I mean, I miss him so much, and I know you do. He's, He's a just, good guy. Oh, really, really. Well, Mike, we well, listen. I know you got uh, you got to get to Mister Clyde yeah. and say hi for me, please. We will do. We certainly thank you for your time today, and best of luck with the Round Rock Express this coming season. I appreciate it, Lark, and we'll talk to you soon. I know. Take right. care, Mike. That's our Take time. Care, Stan. All right, that's our talk time. To you soon, guys. All right, that's our time for this episode of A Visit to the Mound. Many thanks to our guest today, Mike Caps. If you have any questions or comments, anything you would like for us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a visit to the mound.com or go to our website which is a visit to the mound.com. Make sure you like subscribe and review this podcast and be listening the next time we make a visit to the mound.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.